Hello, listeners, and welcome to Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. This is your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training, and I am pumped for today's show. We've got two tremendous guests. On this show, Simon Says Let's Talk Business, we spotlight professionals and the excellent companies that they represent. We discuss best practices in business today. So listeners, listen carefully, and if you are aware you can take notes, you're going to want to take notes, and especially when we talk about the best practices and when we, when our guests give their contact information in case you would like to contact them. We have two excellent guests today. We have Emma Reynolds-Middleton. Emma is uh, CEO and Master Trainer. That's a great title. That's one I use, too. CEO and Master Trainer for Soft Skills Zone, LLC. We'll be talking to Emma here in a second. And then we've got John Loth, who is the uh, CEO and president of Courier Connection, Inc., which is certainly an interesting time for your business, John. Looking forward to having you share with us your best practices. Thank you for uh, letting me come on. Excellent. Okay. So, Emma, let's start with you. Now, this is interesting. Soft, I almost said soft, soft skills zone, LLC. This is stuff that's very near and dear to my heart, as you and I have, have spoken before. Yes. Because as a sales trainer and coach, a lot of the effectiveness of people in business has to do with how they communicate. And not just how they talk, right, but how they listen as well. There is a difference. Yeah. So I'm in- interested in, in, in hearing uh, your, um, your uh, input on that. But first of all, why don't you give us some context. Tell us about your journey. How did you get here? It's a very exciting journey. It goes back, actually, to when I was young. And back in the day... You're still young. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Al. Back in the day when we would go outside and play, which may be foreign in today's time, I remember that oftentimes I would be the teacher when we would play games outside. And fast-forwarding as I went to school, to college, and actually went into the military, the very first job I was offered was that of teaching. And I said to myself, I am not a teacher. And with that, I continued along my track, which was that of operations and analytical type work. Oh, that's exciting. Very exciting to me with a degree in, in business. Yet, at the same time, I've always been engaged in the community, and I've always been engaged in teaching. I started out teaching in my church through various Bible studies, and from there began to teach communication classes and other classes. And it was then that I discovered my true passion, which is teaching. And so I've been teaching through nonprofit organizations and other organizations, and eventually I started my own business training, and now I am full of joy in the training space. It shows. Listeners can't see it, but they can hear it in your voice. You are smiling away. That is correct. Yes. Now, soft skills. Okay, We we need to know, what are soft skills? Well, one way, and perhaps the best way to talk about soft skills is to say that soft skills are the skills that help individuals not only get the job, but those are the skills that help individuals keep the job. And with that, 
soft skills are the communication skills, the team building skills, the critical thinking skills, which are so very needed in today's time. It's those skills that would help individuals in every area, not only in their profession, but personally. Excellent. Yes. Now, so it's really about how you connect with people, isn't it? That is correct. Really is. Plus the, the strategic thinking part, which is uh, which which tends to drive how we communicate with people. Yes. And connect with people. Now, you mentioned to me before that there's this thing called the soft skills gap. There is. Now, what is a soft skills gap? Well, the soft skill gap, and, and you can research this, it is a gap. Now, for the listening audience, If you were to go with me on this journey, and let's say there are two individuals and we have two sets of glasses. Now, the first individual, we'll call that individual the employer. Okay. And the second individual, that is the job applicant or the individual in the workforce. Okay. So what has happened is that each one has his or her view. In other words, the employer sees the applicant and the skills that are necessary in one way. And then on the other hand, you have the candidate who sees things differently. I'm sure And they do. so <laughs> now let's talk about the gap. Okay. Now, as the job applicant, the job applicant, of course, in many cases, those individuals are well-skilled. In other words, they're, they're going to college, and so they're getting those technical hard skills. Okay. Which is very good. Knowledge-based stuff. Knowledge-based stuff. Okay. And so through their lens or through their glasses, they're seeing themselves very qualified and ready for the workforce. Absolutely. I know stuff. Yes. And I've spent hundreds of thousands or thousands of dollars on this degree. Yes. It must equate to an excellent job. Now, on the other hand, what happens is employers are really beginning to see and say that hard skills or the technical skills which individuals go to school for alone is not enough. Yes. It is not enough. In fact, studies are showing more and more that employers really prefer the soft skills over the hard skills. Which ones? Specifically, communication. Yes. Okay. Companies are losing millions. There's one report that shows $64 million per year in lost productivity because of the lack of communication. Wow. And then there's team building. And then there's critical thinking. What's important to employers is as you, the individual in the workforce, see a problem on the job, what solutions can you bring to the table to your employer to get them out of that situation? And so they're looking for job applicants and employees who have solutions to their problems. Okay. And then the, in the, on the team building side, are you looking for culture fit and things like that? Are you looking for team player type type skills or aptitudes? All of the above. Okay. And you teach all this? I do teach okay. all gonna, of it. Okay, good. I'm going to ask you about how you do that here in a second. Yes. But first of all, I want to run a scenario by you, okay? Yes. And um, so this is, you know, when I'm coaching my clients, uh, the employers, the managers, the bosses, uh, 
Um, I coach them on um, interviewing and their, and their hiring process. Okay, so I, and what you said made me think about this. So I'm going to tell you what I coach them to do, and you tell me if it makes any sense or if I should change it. Fair? Okay. Yes. And it's okay to ch- tell me I need to change it, all right? Uh, sounds great. Okay, so I tell them that they should start with uh, a phone interview of no more than 10 minutes. It's just to see if the person can carry on a phone conversation using good grammar, excellent tonality, phraseology, and such. That's it. And then after the 10-minute phone conversation, to uh, ask them to, to have the applicant send in an email, uh, no more than one paragraph, to, see, to, to, to tell them how, how they see the, them being a fit in, in their company, in this company, uh, and that is only re- the only reason for that is two things. One is to see if they'll send in that email on time, and secondly, to see if they can put sentences together in a business email. That's it. Yes. And then after that, to have them, if they if they make the cut on that, then have them come in for face to face interviews. So, what do you think about that process? Those are very good screening tools, because from an employer's perspective, you want to hire a, a candidate that's a fit for your organization. And so during those process and those recommendations, an employer can get a feel of that potential candidate, and it's showing, for example, their ability to respond back in a prompt manner. It's a way to evaluate their writing abilities as well as their communication abilities. So during that process, the soft skills are being evaluated. And again, what employers want and should look for during the interview process is the best candidate that will fit their organization. So those tools are good. Okay, excellent. So I should not change that process. It's a good process. Okay, good. So now now I want to ask you, so you do training, coaching on those three big things you said, communication, uh, team building, and critical thinking. And I'm curious as to, for especially critical thinking, how you teach that. But, I, but uh, So tell us about your services. How do you go about working with your clients? Well, I am fortunate to, because of the space, because soft skills really spans across all industries, I have worked with the college systems. Okay. And as we know, each generation has a way to communicate. Right now, there are five generations in the workforce, every generation. You have the traditionalists. You have the baby boomers, the Gen X, the millennials, the Gen Zers. Every generation. (laughs) I know. Imagine the employer. Imagine the breakdown of communication because of all of the generations. And what happens is that each generation communicates differently. They do. When you look at the traditionalists, for example, or even the baby boomers, they're more likely to prefer written communications. And then there are those that prefer the phone calls on the workforce. But as we move forward and we look at the younger generations, we look at the millennials and the Gen Zers, as most of us know, texting is their preferred way to communicate. Crazy. They're crazy. So, yes, it is. So one of the <laughs> no, they things, are. well, that's a matter of opinion. Although I've noticed my mother-in-law texts a lot these days, and, I'm, I don't, and she is certainly not a Gen Xer so, yes. yeah, or, a, or a millennial. Yeah. Yes, yes. Interesting. Yes. All, right, so, all right, so who is your client? Is your client the, the employer or is your client the candidate or both? It is both. Okay. It is both because mm. 
for the employer, I work with them to provide the training to their staff, for example, to close any gaps that their people may have on the job. And even as they're looking at new hires, I can provide the training, whether it is communication, professionalism is another topic that's often taught to employers for their staff. And then when we look at the actual candidate or potential job employee, those skills are being taught to them because one benefit of the training at Soft Skills Zone is that after the individual has taken for, I have a track, for example, that leads to an actual soft skill credential. Okay. And so that is proven helpful because now that individual can take the credential with them and even include it as a part of their package to present to the employer to show that they have mastery of the basic soft skills that can include a professionalism, communication, team building, and critical thinking. Awesome. So it's a win-win on both sides. So can you give us some insight as to how you actually teach critical thinking? Critical thinking is more of a, an experiential learning process. Okay. What I mean by that is that during the class modules, there are activities so that, especially, for example, an individual who's right-brained and typically is more creative, creative. Yes, that can be challenging to help them to channel energy, to, to think logically right. and systematic. So what I do is I use games and activities to break down any typical thought processes and help individuals to to think beyond their their normal patterns of thinking. That is interesting. So that so it's like a, it's like exercising a muscle. Then you, you, yes, okay, you get them experiences correct. where they start to then exercise that muscle of critical thinking. Yes, how cool is that? Yes, it's very cool. Yeah, Emma, this is this is tremendous, and 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 what you teach is is very much needed in this world. And so I am so glad that you do this, and I know I can give you referrals yes thank you from my uh my client base and and my in my sphere of influence yes um now for for our listeners out there who may want to contact you uh whether they're employers or whether they are looking for a job uh how do they go about what's the best way to go about contacting you well first you can visit the website the website is www.softskillzone.com okay and my email address is emma at softskillzone.com and the phone number is 678-524-3343 okay so those of you who uh, got a challenge looking for your pen while she was saying that the website is www.softskillzone.com and her email is emma at softskillzone.com and emma is e-m-m-a yes and then the phone number, 678-524-3343. Correct. Got it? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, I'm sure uh, our listeners are going to want to contact you. Uh, soft skills are huge, huge. Being able to connect with people, communicate, 
for employers, the, those team building skills are, are, are really important uh, because of culture, because of uh, productivity in a team environment, and uh, certainly professionalism, my goodness. Uh, there, I've got some people I want you to talk to already about professionalism and then critical thinking. Yes. And I love how you do that. You give them experiences to exercise that muscle. Emma, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Emma Reynolds-Middleton at Soft Skills Zone, LLC. And once again, this is your host, Al Simon, with Sander Training on Business Radio X. The show is called Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. You know, you're speaking of all these different uh, uh, you know, millennials and such and different um, ages of uh, people in the workforce. A fewer and fewer people know what Simon Says is these days. It's really sad. It's really sad. We'll work on it. Okay. All right. Excellent. Okay, well, let's pivot uh, to our second guest, John Loth. John is the uh, CEO and president of Courier Connection, Inc. John, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I've got a whole bunch of questions for you, obviously. But uh, first of all, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Courier Connection, Inc., everybody knows what a, what a, what a uh, courier is. But yours is a little bit different, right? Why don't you tell us about, about, uh, about your company? Uh, we're a same-day rush courier service. We do a lot of medical delivery. I've got a fleet of cars, vans, dock high trucks, and refrigerated trucks. I've got a 22,000-square-foot warehouse warehouse where we store supplies and do cross-docking. Um, we run a live 24-hour call center, and um, when it needs to get there fast, our, our, our group is the one who does that. We move a lot of medical, a lot of blood, a lot of specimens. We move a lot of heavy machine parts, critical needs parts, um, and then we move uh, food uh, for different food distributors and purveyors. So we've, if it needs to get there fast, uh, we're the guys that get it there with tracking and GPS. Okay. So, John, how did you get started in this industry? Uh, you know, I was uh, I had a job when I was at University of Georgia back in 1985. A college roommate had an aunt that worked at a law firm that did closings. And um, long and short, of, I got a job being a courier for these guys during the summer of 1985. Did that for three summers. And when I graduated in 88, I got together with those guys later on, and we built a courier company from about 89 till 97, and it was just seemed like an exciting industry. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we grew that up. I was bought out just before the sale uh, in 97, and I was on a paid non-compete. And uh, in 99, I just kind of took the proceeds from that and started this one alone in 1999 with no partners, no banks, no investors, and uh, just took the knowledge I had and and, uh, and started a, this business. Uh, so we're, we'll be 21 years old in April. That's tremendous. So you just dove into the pool. Yes, yes. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, during the non-compete, I kind of interviewed around a little bit. Uh, I'm a pilot as well, and um, and I thought about becoming an airline pilot as well, so I did some more extensive training and got pretty close to, to doing that. But uh, a very close friend said, you know, you would probably be better be an entrepreneur. You probably wouldn't want to stay in a hotel four nights a week and, and, and be on the backside of the clock all the time. You love flying, but I don't know that you want to actually do it for a living. It was good advice. So, uh, so I'm able to incorporate both into what I do. Yeah, when I when I met you, we talked a little bit about that. In fact, we could probably do a whole show just on Angel Flight. That uh, that charity that you're involved in is a tremendous, tremendous charity that you we do. We love Angel Flight. Uh, they're awesome. We've been been involved with those guys since the early '90s, uh, very heavily for the last probably 15 years. We're actually on the board of Angel Flight with my wife. So um, it's a great, amazing charity. Basically, yeah. we fly um, folks all over the place. Uh, for their treatments. Uh, people either can't be on an airliner because of the germs and that sort of thing, or they've just run out of funds and they're just tapped out and they, they can't afford to, to make the trips to the treatments. Um, 
and that sort of thing. So we've been doing that for, for many years. It's, it's very rewarding. Uh, if you're ever looking for a charity, that's a great one. Uh, Angel Flight of Georgia. All the money goes right into uh, actually helping the patients. Okay. Angel Flight of Georgia. Yeah, that's uh, good to keep in mind. I guess we, we ought to uh, focus on Courier Connection, though, for today's uh, purposes. And, and uh, I'm curious about that, about, about Courier Connection today and you know you, you do a lot of medical work and certainly with the uh the covid19 virus uh has that changed anything about what y'all do you know we're you know i'm sort of watching it pretty heavily every day obviously some of our customer base has slowed down a little bit but our medical base has ramped up so we've been pretty steady you know we're part of the supply chain you know you know blood and medicine and specimens and you know supplies for the medical industry all that has to go regardless of what's going on whether it's wartime or or snow or whatever it is, uh, we run a live 24-hour operation and we, we serve that community very heavily. We've been doing it for, you know, about 15 years now. So it's, um, you know, you know, we're just part of the supply chain that just, you know, keeps the food on the shelves and yeah. uh, the supplies needed yeah. to where they go. So that's, yeah, that's, it, it's, it's a tough time right now. We see so many industries, a lot of our customers are, are shutting down. Uh, a lot of our other non-medical customers are shutting down. And that's tough because, you know, you know, everybody has to eat and, and pay their bills. Exactly. Okay. So it's just going to be interesting to see how the next uh, few weeks, couple months uh, play out for you and for a lot of us in our businesses uh, with what's going on. John, uh, tell us about your, uh, the technology that you use. It must be pretty critical uh, for your business. Yeah, we've got several pieces of technology we use. We've got uh, some industry-specific software that we use that, that obviously does order entry, online order entry tracking, GPS live tracking. We see our drivers on a color moving map in real time. Uh, customers can log in and see what's going on with their deliveries. They get instant email confirmations on every order and pick up and delivery. So we, you know, we, we see the whole, you know, United States, basically we, we run Atlanta in a, at least a 15 hour driving distance. So at any one time we have drivers really all over the Southeast and we can see them in real time. Um, we utilize a lot of the Google mapping uh, to help them get to where they need to be. So we, we rely heavily on the Internet. Um, we're very excited about there's some new technology coming out. It's artificial intelligence technology. It's auto-dispatch. So we're doing anywhere from 1,100 to 1,400 moves a day. Wait, 1,100 we'll to 1,400 a day? A day, yes, in the Atlanta market. So, you know, the AI technology will allow us to So your drivers are responsible for the traffic problems we have around here. Just kidding, John. Yes. Actually, yeah. there's no traffic these days. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll, 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 I'll stop interrupting you. <laughs> Talk about AI. No, traffic, is good this year. traffic is very good this week. We don't want to enjoy good traffic at the peril of other people. So we'd, we'd rather sit in traffic and everybody be, be working and, and prosperous. So uh, it's a little bit easier for us in terms of traffic. Um, yes. So, yeah, the AI technology, will, what it will enable us to do is we'll be able to feed work in there, and it'll determine kind of very quickly who should get what, kind of route optimize a little better. And, um, and help us make better decisions. So it really enhances what we do. It's very similar to, to Uber. When you get into an Uber cab, um, there's not a dispatcher or somebody that's deciding which driver should pick you up. It's an algorithm that decides who should pick you up based on distance and time and vehicle size and that sort of thing. So so there's a couple of about software that. providers that are on the cutting edge of that right now. So we're we're looking very hard at that. And as soon as the one we're looking at, seriously, as soon as they get get it, working really properly, we're going to go with them. So we're very excited about that's what the future of our business looks like. Um, that'll enhance uh, what we do and allow us to take on a lot more work and just do it more efficiently and um, and then allow us to communicate back to our customers much faster. So it's it's all about, you know, figuring out a way to serve your customer better. 
Okay, so th- so people that need to use your services are folks that have to get it somewhere today, and it's very critical that it gets there, right? Yeah, or not only today, but within the hour, two hours, three hours, live 24-7. So okay. it could be anything from a machine machine part. It could be we're delivering lunch today uh, to a couple groups. Um, as I watch my screen, um, we deliver, you know, palletized food to, you know, restaurants all over the region uh, or to, you know, you know, any, any facility that needs it, whether it's a, a university or a, um, a senior care place or anywhere that needs food. So really anything that needs to move fast, uh, that's what we do. We kind of fill a niche where UPS and FedEx do not. They're kind of overnight. We're right now. Right now. And you've got different kinds of vehicles for different kinds of purposes, right? Oh, sure. We've got cars, vans, dock high trucks, refrigerated trucks, you know, really everything out there. We don't have motorcycles or bikes. <laughs> um, I know I know they use those in Europe, but we have a, a pretty a pretty good variety of vehicles. And we've got some company-owned fleet, and then we've got owner-operator independent contractors as well. Okay. John, I was wondering, what type of lead time do you need for the orders or requests that you receive? Uh, depends on where it's going and what time of day. Typically, you'll say you have an order coming in. You call us right now. It's 12 o'clock, and you say, I'm on Peachtree Street, and it needs to get to the airport. How quick can you get there? Our folks can look on our screen to our closest driver is, and they can tell you kind of immediately. You might have a driver five minutes from you. You might have a driver 20 minutes from you, and they'll pick it up and run it directly where it needs to go, and you'll be updated the whole time. That's tremendous. So AI is the future of your business, huh? It is. AI is the future of our business. You know, they talk about autonomous vehicles. I think the technology is not there. Um, I've driven the Tesla uh, with their autopilot function, and it's have you? It's nice, but it's like when I fly my airplane, it has autopilot, but man, you got to watch the thing the whole time. You're, I can't tell you how many times that thing will will not do what it's supposed to. So it's um, it's really an enhancement to what to what we do. And I guess I've got a feeling we're a little ways away from autonomous driving, but in our industry. Even if you get the package to the front door, much of what we do, there's a lot of places to go. You, it's not just dropping it off like a person with Uber, for example. You've got to know you know, where you're going, what lab, what blood bank, what door, what refrigerator, who you see, chain of custody, correct signature, barcode scanning. Um, you know, Sometimes we deliver uh, you know, pharmaceutical and there may be narcotics and all that sort of stuff. So you know, autonomous vehicles. Uh, won't get the package out and on. So everything would have to change. And I, I just think we're not there yet. I mean, all it's going to take is somebody to be run over or, or somebody's child is run over on an autonomous vehicle, and then there's the liabilities are, are insane. And then, you know, what about the hacking of that sort of stuff? So there's yes. a whole bunch of things that we have to we have to be concerned about before we say autonomous vehicles are, are, are with us. You know, and, and I can't help but think about uh, Emma's services when I think about your drivers, right? They have to be able to think clearly and act well. Yes, it's very important. Our uh, our independent contractors and our employee drivers are, uh, you know, they're the backbone of what we do. You know, when you think about, for example, UPS driver, when you think of UPS, you really just think of that driver. That's who you, when you that's think true. of the company, you think of the driver that comes every day. And that's very similar to us. We've been very blessed to have a really great team of independent contractors over the years. I can, looking back, I can I can remember getting phone calls from customers, and we've had independent contractors who were down for surgery. We had one driver; he had like a blood clot in his leg, and I think half a dozen of of his daily customers he delivered to were calling to see how he was doing. His name was Rusty, and they were like, "How's Rusty doing? Is he okay now?" And you know, so they they build a relationship with with our customers, and um, very much like you see a FedEx or UPS uh, driver does. That's tremendous, tremendous. So mission critical stuff. In fact, both you and Emma, mission critical stuff, and our listeners. Uh, 
need to plug into the two of you. So, John, uh, if our listeners want to contact you or your company, what's the best way to do it? Uh, there's a couple of ways. It's uh, CourierConnection.com is a way to visit us online, or anybody can call me directly. Um, you can call me. Here's my direct cell. I'll give that out, 404-357-1223, uh, or John at CourierConnection.com. Um, we can put together a um, you know customized delivery network for you or, or help you. You know, we sit down with customers. We say, you know, let us take a look at your business and see how we can, you know, keep some money in your pocket in terms of what you're already doing. Some people ship with LTL or ship overnight with UPS or FedEx in the Atlanta local market, and we can definitely save them some money doing that. And um, and it doesn't go from one cross dock to another to potentially be damaged. We pick it up and deliver it straight to where it's going. So a lot of people who are who aren't used to using groups like us find it can actually be a better solution to what they're already doing. Absolutely. It sounds like it could be. So once again, that's uh, Courier connection.com email is john j-o-h-n at couriereconnection.com and the phone number and i appreciate you giving talk about uh critical mission here you actually give your cell phone numbers 404-357-1223 john thank you and we live and breathe this business so it's uh it's not uncommon for us to to be running you know at all hours of the night this is this is what we live and breathe it's a passion for us and, and 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 we love it Excellent. Well, John, I really appreciate what you do, and I know that the medical community and the uh, food service uh, community, uh, entertainment, catering, uh, trucking, automotive, and there's so much you do. Thank you for what you do, and appreciate you being on the show today. And Emma, thank you for being on the show today, talking about soft skills and how that critical is, how critical that is, and um, and how people need to sharpen their, their soft skills. And it really is important in business today. So again, Emma Reynolds Middleton, CEO and master trainer with Soft Skills Zone LLC, John Loth, CEO and president of Career Connection Inc. Great show today, and I'm, I'm going to finish it as I always do with a little bit about sales. And of course, today what's on everybody's mind is uh, uh, is uh, you know social distancing in this uh, virus infused world we have, and and of course my clients and, and want to know. Okay, so does that mean sales is just going to dry up for a little while, or you know maybe a long while? What does it mean? And so uh, it's not a question that a listener has has sent me, but it is a question that I've gotten many times in the last couple of weeks, which is, what is the best way to prospect and sell in this current distancing environment? You know, and and, and uh, we're we're going to do a series of webinars on this. Um, we're going to do one for the Gwinnett Chamber uh, here soon, and uh, and also for a, a, a group that uh, that John is involved with, which is Entrepreneur Organization. We're going to be doing that. But basically, it's this: you know, you, you can um, imagine in this environment where there are people who are sitting at home at their computer. Most people are sitting at home at their computer with their phone by their side. Now, what we're seeing so far is that they're not necessarily picking up the phone as much when it rings, but they and they're still letting it go to voicemail like they usually do, even at their office. But what they are doing is they're engaging a bunch on uh, social media and through email because they're right there at their computer most of the day. They're not in meetings, uh, you know, face-to-face meetings inside their office. They're not on airplanes. Uh, You know, they're they're not driving on the interstates. They are actually sitting at their computer, and they are conducting business that way, which means from a prospecting standpoint, you can engage with people digitally. You can engage with people on social media. Uh, my LinkedIn is absolutely going nuts, uh, uh, in fact, in the last few days. And so 
I'm telling sales professionals and and their and their managers do not take your foot off the accelerator. Now be careful. You don't want to look like you're trying to take advantage of the situation, but you should be pretty much business as usual with regard to prospecting uh, and for selling. And you can do uh, sales calls, live sales calls by phone, conference call. Certainly use Zoom or GoToMeeting or FaceTime or. Google Hangouts, and, and in fact, it's, it's, it's good if you would encourage your, your prospects and clients to turn their cameras on because people are going to start to crave that face-to-face because they're not going to have it uh, for uh, several weeks probably. So they're going to start to crave that face-to-face, and, and Emma will tell you that body language and that facial expression and that change in body language and change in facial expression are so important in terms of, of having a, a connection with people. So I would urge you, you know, it's, it's common in, in uh, business for people to use a, a tool like Zoom or GoToMeeting but not turn their cameras on and, 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 and treat it just like it was an audio conference call. But uh, I would urge you to go ahead and turn your camera on and, and urge your prospects and clients to turn their cameras on and get that face-to-face going on. You can do sales calls that way. Uh, you can do prospecting that way. So my, my father-in-law was heavily involved in, uh, in racing, and he used to talk about accelerating out of the curve. If you think about it, we would uh, be in trouble if we were to shut down selling during this virus uh, environment. And then once it was uh, contained and over and we all go back to our offices and, and, quote, business as usual, our pipelines would be empty. And that is death for salespeople when your pipeline is empty. We have to make sure we're keeping our pipelines full, keep the uh, foot on the accelerator, and accelerate out of the curve. And that's the best way to treat it. And that's the tip from Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. Thank you for joining us for the show. Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. Good selling. (laughs) 